Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I want to talk to you on the subject title this morning of the heartbeat of purpose. And with that, I'm going to leak out some pastor truths along the way. Is that okay? Um, Of just the journey. Can, Can we just pause for a moment and make some observations. I wanted to go so much further there on offering on that whole deal because there's, there's something in it that the church needs to learn. You've got to understand right now that we are in the Kingdom of God and right now there's another Kingdom trying to push its principles, values and truth on us. Now more than ever before, we need to align ourselves with the Kingdom of God truth. Thank you for your positive response. And so uh, why did I not go further with that? Because there's so much stuff clouding people's value systems and thoughts right now that you constantly seem to be just pushing against, swimming upstream, speaking upstream, speaking against, because these values in here are in direct conflict with the values out there. Let's be honest, here as sand gropers, you realise that if you live in WA, you're called a sand groper. For some of you, that's news. That's sad. Uh, but it's, it's the reality. We, we kind of know the other ones, WA, the wait a while state and all the other stuff that comes with it. But here's the deal. Most of us, the, the overwhelming majority of us are better off now financially than we were two years ago. Overwhelming majority. In other words, it's never been easier for us to honour God with our financial world, with our time, with our worship. But now more than ever before, it seems people have more excuses than ever before not to. That's just sad. I'm just going to move on. Christianity started out in Palestine as a passion. It moved to Greece and became a philosophy went to Rome and became an institution, went to Europe and became a culture. Then it went to America and became an enterprise. Sadly, advancement in technology and social media influence now threatened to reduce Christianity to nothing more than entertainment. And It ought not to be so. If I asked you the question, what's the purpose of church? Some people would say it's community. Others would say it's family. Spiritual people would say it's a body. Then others would call it an army, some even a nation. What's interesting is the Bible refers to the church as all of those things. When it comes to social justice, we're a community. When it comes to welfare, we're a family. When it comes to ministry, we are a body. When it comes to spiritual warfare, we are an army. When it comes to our citizenship, we're a nation. And you may not like this next part, we're a nation of sheep. In Joshua chapter 24, just as the people of Israel have entered into the promised land and they're coming into their most prosperous time, as a nation, in their history. They're in the land that's flowing with milk and honey. Joshua brings the people together and he says this in verse 14, chapter 24, Fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. 
put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Serve the Lord alone. That doesn't mean serve the Lord on your own, although when you do, sometimes you'll find yourself on your own. Serve only Him. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in in whose land you now live? Joshua was a military commander. Military commanders hate desertion. It drains the fighting strength of their unit and is terrible for morale. It is also contagious if not dealt with. And so historically, deserters were arrested, who were arrested were often treated with severe punishment, imprisonment, flogging or even execution. Serving God, Joshua reminded the people, is a choice. Joshua reminded God's people that serving the Lord involved destroying idols from among them and turning their hearts to the Lord. You'll find that in verse 23. In fact, mostly Joshua was dealing with the spirit of rebellion at that moment. He was saying, let's not let that rebellious thing that got in our people before come back into us now that we're in the promised land. Are you with me? Everyone take a deep breath and then go out. In 1 Samuel 15, 23, there's this shocking verse, verse 23, where it says, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. If you're gonna be rebellious, you're gonna be committing the same kinds of sin as operating with the devil. I don't like the next bit either because it says stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. (laughs) I have known once or twice to be a little bit stubborn. I'm trying to get that thing out of my world. It's a powerful thing to look at that whole story with Joshua and then come over into the Gospels, Gospels Gospel of Matthew 25 and see what Jesus spoke into the people at that time, which I think is a timeless message. We're gonna go to verse 31. Are you doing okay? Online, reach out to us, stay involved, get rid of the distractions because some things that are gonna drop today are really gonna help you move forward in your relationship with God. Verse 31, but when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left hand. The Bible separates the entire world into two nations, sheep nations and goat nations. Sheep nations represent those who are innocent. They are yielded, they are pure. Goat nations represent a people who are rebellious. Paganism, lust, lewdness and the devil is represented by goat nations. Jesus was saying here that at the end of the age, all peoples will be separated on the right, sheep, and on the left, goats. You don't wanna be on the wrong side of God at the end. But verse 34 goes on and says, Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom 
prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and then we visited you? Verse 40, and the King will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. It's a really sobering portion of Scripture. And when we look at this portion of Scripture and then refer to our world around about us, we don't often really bump into people that are hungry, thirsty or without clothing. You kind of got to go looking for them in our city. Is that right? But the spirit of what Christ is saying here still runs through and we still should take our opportunity to help those people in those moments. It's interesting because whilst the military leader Joshua had his reasons for calling his people to be faithful to God and to serve the Lord. In fact, it's in that portion of the Scripture where Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ministry leaders hate desertion too. Not only does it deprive the church's ministries of someone's talents, relationship and energy, but people are concerned about the spiritual state of the soul and heart of the deserter. St Paul recruited and trained a phenomenal core group of workers for the Lord, but he wasn't able to keep them all. He wrote to one of his top assistants named Timothy and said, do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me. I don't think much has changed today. I think people desert the work of God and serving God because of a love for the world. I don't think much has changed. And when it happens, ministers get sad because they realise the very dangers that Jesus highlighted there. That if you don't stay in the zone where you're serving God with your life, not just showing up to be entertained, not just showing up to fill in the box of Sunday morning, not just showing up to deal with some kind of religious guilt that might sit over you on Monday if you don't go, that following Christ has to be a passion that flows out of everything that we do. And so I'm here this morning to actually charge and call every single one of you, even if after this moment, you no longer like me. You gotta know this, that God is calling you to serve Him with your life. How it must have pained Jesus to lose Judas. How it pains pastors to see once spiritually active people drop out of regular worship. God helps those who help themselves is a proverb that people think came from this book. But you know what? You won't find it in this book. God helps those who help themselves? No, God helps those who serve others. If it was in the book, it would say something like that. 
But our world has brought us into a place of such independence that it produces a pride on the inside that says, if it's to be, it's up to me. Well, actually, you can hold on to that proverb if you want to, but I wanna just warn you that it may not go well for you because the Bible says we can make our plans, but it's the Lord. His purposes will stand at the end of it all. The heartbeat of purpose is actually serving. In fact, if you want to be successful in any career or business, you've got to find a way to serve people, not just a way to make money. You've got to find a way that what you do can bring a better life to somebody else. The heartbeat of purpose is really serving. Serving in an industry or a job is not serving God. That's called a job. Serving your family is not serving God. That's called being a decent human being. Can we look back this way and smile? It just makes me feel better. Serving God is using your grace gift, the one that you've been given, to serve His heavenly vision. In Luke 14, verse 18 in the Passion Translation, Jesus tells a story of what it's going to be like for people to come into the final banquet for history of the earth, where we all come together and have a meal with the Lord and celebrate salvation. And he tells a story about sending servants, his angels out to invite people to come to the, to, to the feast. And when he sends them out the first time, the angels come back and say, no one's coming. No one's responding to your invitation. And they give these reasons. But one by one, they all made excuses. One said, I can't come. I just bought some property and I have to go and look over it. Another said, please accept my regrets for I've just purchased a new car. No, five teams of oxen and I needed to make sure they can pull the plough. I needed to make sure it could put the boat in the water and bring it back out again. Another one said, I can't come. I just got married. And as you know, when you get married, you're supposed to take a year off and just spend it with each other. Since when? Three excuses that stop people responding to Jesus' invitation. The first one is business. And if your business stops you from serving God, you don't own the business, it owns you. The, the second excuse is work. If you dob, if you dob. If your job stops you from serving God, you're in the wrong job. The third one was relationships. And relationships, that sounds like a reasonable excuse. But the reality is when you read the words of Jesus, I don't know if you noticed, but those words that we read, if you have a red letter Bible, they were in red. And Jesus said, this one said, no, I've just bought some land, I can't come. This one says, I've just got some oxen, I can't come. This one says, I just got married. Surely that's a good enough excuse. And Jesus says, no. Because relationships, if a relationship stops you serving God, well, I'll let you finish the statement. So can I ask you today to consider the fact that Psalm 100 verse 1 says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
I kind of want to stop there and say, can we just get back to being happy about serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Can we make serving God more than, about, more than just showing up and receiving some great ministry and Word, can we actually making it about serving God? Serving God in every sphere, but also in the ones that He calls us into. Because you have a gift, you have a skill, you have an ability that the person next to you does not have. If I could say it like this, can I make us all knives, forks and spoons? Just for an example, because the picture might help you. Now, a knife is used for cutting. A spoon is used for scooping. And a fork is used for forking. (laughs) Oh, picking stuff up. Picking stuff up. Stop it. I can see your thoughts right now. So if your gift is as a knife, you're there to cut the meat. If your gift is a spoon, you're there to scoop the ice cream. And if you're a fork, you're there to pick it up, put it in your mouth. What am I saying? It's very difficult to cut a piece of meat with a spoon. Very difficult. And when you bring your skill set, your ability, it adds energy, it adds strength, it adds efficiency to all that we do. It can be as simple as helping people find their way through the car park to serving kids in children's ministry. And I'm not starting a campaign for recruiting volunteers. I'm sure my staff will. I'm actually saying that the work of the Lord needs to go forward with strength and energy. And that strength and energy comes from us. And if we can't do it from a joyful spot, then it's not going to be real great experience to the end user. Can I say it like that? Serve the Lord with gladness. I find it interesting because I've served lots of organisations as a volunteer. And you just got happy about it because you believed in the greater purpose. I was a volunteer firefighter for years as a kid. And in fact, still to today, the owner of Pill Winery thanks me for saving his property when a fire came through. You don't give it a second thought at the time because you're doing it for a greater purpose. But it says that we should serve the Lord with gladness because joy just makes it a whole whole, whole lot more enjoyable. Duh. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Nothing satisfies like serving. We can't serve the Lord without serving people. Actually, your true character is revealed when you can help someone that is unable to pay you back like Jesus spoke of, the hungry, the homeless, the sick, the incarcerated. I don't think there's any greater honour than serving the Lord. You get front row seats to the grace of God. You discover new skills and abilities that you didn't know you had. You become a channel for the miracle working power of God. I think ministry is that thing that is bigger than yourself, outside of yourself, that makes you forget yourself so that you can give yourself. I think ministry is one of those things 
that gets outside of you, that helps you forget you so that you can give you. I think serving is a seed. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. In fact, in Luke, He says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. Can I just once more smash that thought that came into the church somehow that the amount doesn't matter. The amount does matter from what Jesus said. In giving, and I'm not just talking about money now, I'm talking about in the way that we give. He says the amount you give determines the amount you get back. Earlier, maybe a year ago now, my wife and I gave more than we could afford in time and energy and support to a family who were going through a season and it was tough. And we just did it out of love. We did it because we'd been through what they went through and just poured it out, poured it out at great cost, expense. Thought nothing of it until they decided that it was time to send a thank you card and thank us back. It went, oh, wow. But that seed comes back many times over. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? The amount you give in any environment, in, in, in giving and receiving, the amount you give into a relationship determines how much you're going to get back. The amount you give into God determines how, it's interesting that people that love the house of God the most often are the ones that give the most in every sphere. I guess at the end of the day, I wanted to summarise today's message by this. God's not here for your entertainment. I guess I wanted to summarise my message today by saying if entertainment is what you're looking for, we're gonna let you down week in, week out. We are here to entertain God. We are here to get His attention. We are here to say, God, regardless of what's going on around, we're gonna keep our eyes fixed and focused on You and do what You called us to do. You reap what you sow, not where you sow. Because often you're gonna sow into unthankful people and reap from more than grateful people. You sow and God ensures that you reap. So where is God calling you to serve? Where is He calling you to become the servant, the sheep? How would your energy your talent, your relationship strengthen the work of God, a ministry area. As we start this 10 days of prayer and fasting, I wanna charge you to set aside time to hear God through the process and say, God, where is it that my strength, my energy, my relationship, more than anything, the reason why we meet is not often the reason why we meet. We can meet for this team and for that team and for that ministry area, but actually we meet for relationship. We meet, someone said to me the other day about a situation that said, really all that guy needs is brotherhood. What were they saying? All they need is relationship. 
because I can see He's doing life ahead of me in this area and He's worked out some of the stuff and I could follow God through Him into that zone. Where is God calling you? To once again become a sheep, stop being a goat. Are there any farmers in the room that have raised sheep and goat before? Are they, am I the only one? That's sad. Where's the sheep and goat? Oh, there we go. Sheep, Scripture refers to sheep as the innocent and the pure. It refers to goats as pagans. I've raised both. Goats are a pain. They don't stay together. They're always fighting, bucking each other and getting into mischief. At feeding time, they're off on their own. They're not together. Sheep, they gather to feed. They gather for warmth. If, if there's wolves around, they gather together to protect each other. Not sheep, nuh-uh. Off on all directions. I'm so sure-footed, I can climb away and get taken down. Sheep can be pretty dumb too, <laughs> in farming sense. Like real stupid animals. But that's actually how the world sees us. And you just got to accept it. You can't shine in the world and be right with God. There's a thought. Father, let me stop. I'll let you do the rest. Help us, God, to get back to that place where we serve you with gladness, where we see satisfaction comes from serving. That serving is a seed. Serving you is an honour. And God, where you speak to us over the next few weeks, we want to respond. That we'll go to those that are hungry, those that are homeless, those that are in need in our world, and that we'll be the answer you are looking for. In Jesus' Name, help us to be sheep and not goats. Help us return to the heartbeat of purpose, which is serving. Let us be the ones that would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.